Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A team's defensive speed changes when you have two guys who got f-ing rockets up their ass in the middle of the field. Man, does that fit the bill? And what it does, you said it right. I don't know about the rockets up the rear end. That's one phrase I don't think I've ever said. Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? It's Chris Sims. It's Chris Sims unbuttoned. Ahmed Farid is not here today. He is announcing the A-10 basketball tournament, so he's got bigger and better things to do. But when Ahmed's not here, yes, we have Phil Sims, a.k.a. the big fucker, to help his son out, to join me, to bring in some more nuance, dive into these football subjects. And we got a lot of good ones today. We got an AMA. We got questions from all the homies through social media. And, of course, there's some really relevant subjects as we sit here Wednesday, March 8th, with the franchise uh, deadline being yesterday. So we got some Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson to talk about. But without further ado... Hey, Dad, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, I'm well, son. You know, I just want everybody out there to know that I'm just a late-night date. Well, I couldn't get a date. I guess I'll have to settle for Dad, so let's call him (laughs) and see what he can do. And you texted me, I guess it was last night. I mean, I was up early watching your show today, and I looked. I said, oh, he wants me to come on tomorrow. I said, that's great. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll have plenty of time. I'll, you know, catch up on a few things. But then you get all angry what's up? What are you doing? You know, oh my God. Well, I was confused. I was confused. I and, and I did drop the ball and that I was should have asked you on Monday, but I, I forgot to. So then I thought about I, I you know, was figuring out my day tomorrow and I was like, Oh shit, I forgot to to ask dad about the pod. So I sent you a text, I think at like eight fifty five last night. But then, yeah, when you said you texted me this morning in the middle of my pro football talk show, yeah, I'm good, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was thrown off. I was, okay, so he's good. He's going to come on today. I didn't realize you didn't know that I had sent it last night. So then I was, you know, texting you about, hey, do you want to be on Zoom? Do you want to just call? You know, where are you? And then I was like, well, damn, he's ghosting me. Where the hell is he? Uh, well, and we figured it I said out. I got to be. I said I'm going to be on the phone because um, I was in my robe till ten oh five. Well, you're and, cheating. You know, so I, I went in there and stuck my head under a faucet, tried to comb my hair. That didn't work. And then uh, whatever, I don't care. Let's go. What do you? T- let's talk about something that I want to talk uh, about. Well, hey, listen, let me just say this before we do- yeah, really talk about You feel free to do this in your robe whenever you want. It would be awesome. We'd probably no, get, a- enough people We'd probably get an extra 50,000 views just to watch people in your, your robe. I mean, Dad is a robe guy, full transparency. If you go over to Phil Sims' house on a Saturday morning around 8.30 or 8.45, chances are the big fucker is going to be standing in front of the stove, cooking him set, cooking 
himself his seventh egg of the day and wearing wow. one of his three or four robes he's got. And I'm a robe wearer as well because of you and, and how I grew up around it. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In my, in my seventh, whatever. No, my, maybe my third breakfast or second. I always have two breakfasts at least. I always eat two. I ate them both this morning and I was done by like nine o'clock and I'm hungry. All right. Well, we know you're always hungry. It's the never ending pit. We know that. Um, okay. So let's get into this. I mean, of course, the number one subject in football right now is Lamar Jackson. He gets the non-exclusive uh, fr- franchise tag. Not shocking to me. Anybody that was listening to the podcast on Monday, I kind of thought it was a no brainer. And let me just yeah. lay out for some of the reasons. One, you know, Hey, it, it's 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 a they obviously can't come to an agreement on the contract. So maybe the reason you do that is to okay, let's let them explore and see what else is out there, see what the market is, and then we have a chance to match that. Maybe that brings him back to reality as far as if he's asking too much or for a guaranteed contract. And then along with that non-exclusive franchise tag, of course, if he does sign somewhere else and you can't match the offer, you get two first round picks, right? I would also do, I would say the other thing that that Baltimore had in their favor as far as offering the non-exclusive franchise tag, which again, you know, maybe is not the most respectful look to Lamar Jackson, where if you gave him the exclusive, it's $45 million this year, slam dunk, boom, and it looks right optics-wise, right? $32 million does seem low for, for him, but I think also they had in their corner of I, I I would think that they have a belief that Lamar, his camp, they're not going to be capable of getting a deal done with anybody. So why not just make him this offer and have it on the books for $32 million in the meantime? So that's just a, just laying that out there a little bit as we get into this. Do you have any thoughts you want to throw into this before I start to get to the homies questions that they've thrown at us on social media? Yeah, just real quick. I think Lamar probably knew what tag he was going to get. I'm sure I would think they communicated that to him. And, um, you know, what does everybody expect? There's outrage on TV today. I understand all that. The, you know, um, everybody really overall is behind Lamar, you know, in the press and media, whatever, fans. and But what team is going to offer this unbelievable contract to him with all this guaranteed money? Then they're going to pay him. That's going to, you know, that's going to be rough, but whatever. But then we're going to give up two first round draft picks and we can do all this work, maybe alienate some of our other quarterbacks or whatever, who I know a lot of people don't care. But then the Ravens go, okay, that's the market. We'll take it. We'll pay him. Come on back. I don't know. That's just one way to look at it. And um, man, this is an unbelievable situation. It really is. And um, I feel bad for Lamar. I do too. But- you know, this guaranteed contract, which really, and I know you and Mike have talked about it a lot. Guaranteed contracts, if you do that, then it would be unbelievable in the NFL. Everybody's going to get a one-year contract. You're really, really good. We're going to give you two. And, you know, I think that changes the landscape. And, oh, my God, the movement in the NFL would be unbelievable if that ever happened, which I don't think we'll see it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and again, I think we'll we'll unpack some more things here, and I, I agree. I mean, we don't, we won't ever see it, but the reason that we have seen it is what's confusing this situation. And let's just make sure we all realize the context of how we got to this situation that the Browns were uh, they messed up last year in free agency royally. I mean, 
became a team that you looked at and went, wait, this is dysfunctional, how they're operating here. They got involved in the Deshaun Watson thing. They didn't approach it and do it the right way with Baker Mayfield. They were going to be left out of the Deshaun Watson thing and now have no quarterback at all, no Lamar Jackson, no Baker Mayfield, because they already said, Baker said, see ya if you want him that badly. So therefore, then they were boxed into a corner of, we have to give guaranteed contract to a guy who hasn't played football in two years, and we're going to do that and give him the greatest contract in the history of football. Now, that's what's messing everything up. It's a very particular, specific event that the stars align the right way for Deshaun Watson and, you know, not the best look. But, yeah, nobody wants to do do the guaranteed contract thing. That's that's not a real thing. So, all right, so here's the first thing. Well, let me just add. Yeah, go ahead. Add on to it. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Just the fact that uh, Cleveland, a quarterback, we need a quarterback. Quarterback, oh, my gosh. I mean, when's it going to end? And there they are once again. They put it out there. They make Lamar, Lamar, Deshaun Watson. They get involved there. Now, who was the first team he marked off? The Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm not, not going to Cleveland. Right. So they, the only way they can make him come to Cleveland is make him this kind of offer. Cleveland did what they thought was best for them about free agency and all that. And, you know, even Baker Mayfield, looking back, he should have said, okay, Deshaun's not coming here, man. I'll do better and da da da. And that could have worked out for his career a lot better, too. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, ag- agreed, agreed. All right, so let's go to the first one. Uh, we got Rustin Cole, TD. He wants to know, why aren't teams even trying to negotiate with Lamar when he's clearly an elite QB in the league who could be available for comparably little comp- compensation? Lamar would have to take the best deal, which may not even be fully guaranteed money, with little interest, why not even try it? Okay. All right. So you want me to answer that first right off the bat, Dad? Yeah, go ahead. Piggyback off it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, it it is odd in ways where you'd go, well, yeah, why wouldn't the teams want to keep keep their options open or at least maybe give a phone call to Lamar Jackson and kind of see where he stands in this whole uh, negotiation process, right? I think that's the first thing. I think secondly here – you know, the teams that are being thrown out there that are like, oh, man, they abruptly said no, that there's no future Lamar Jackson. Well, the first thing I would just say is, why are we so shocked with some of them, right? First off, Carolina has never been linked to Lamar Jackson at any point. And Lamar Jackson's a special quarterback and he's special talented. But, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, one – there, there's a lot of talk, and I think it's pretty real, as in the proofs in the pudding, that it's not easy to get a deal done with him. So some teams are just be like, well, I don't want to deal with that. He doesn't have a big apparel deal. He's got no big contract. It's a continuing issue. You hear it from everybody in football. I hear it from everybody in football. Everybody's concerned about it. They don't know what to expect from that. That doesn't help them out. I think that would be the first part of this. Then the second part of this is the teams that everybody's making such a big deal about who said no. One, like I said, Carolina, I I don't think they're looking. This is not their cup of tea at quarterback. I think Frank Reich in his heart of hearts wants to get a rookie quarterback and try to build his franchise that way. They were never linked to Lamar. But now that they just said, no, we're not in it, it's become like, whoa, how could that be? Then the Miami Dolphins, you know, there was no tangible evidence that they were interested. There was a lot of people like us, right, and me, you know, hypothesizing about, ooh, that would make sense. He's from there. But are we shocked? 
I mean, isn't it everybody in the world telling me how awesome Tua was in Miami this year and that it's the perfect offense for him? So is it shocking that they're going to stay with Tua and, you know, not give away first-round picks, one of which they don't even have this year, so they can't even really get involved in it until uh, later on in, in, in after the draft process. So is that shocking, right? And then there's the Atlanta Falcons, which I thought was a, a possibility. I would have liked to have seen that, definitely. And I was surprised to hear them. But you talk to people around the league, and they seem to think that they're going to do the Desmond Ritter thing. So I guess that's my first bit of evidence to why it's not like I – don't. I, I guess I'm a little like why is everybody so shocked some of these teams said that Lamar was not going to be on their radar going forward – one, because of their own situations, but two, as we've seen here, it seems like dealing with Lamar can be dicey and hard to deal with. Well, yes. Okay, first I'll say this, Rustin. Uh, every team didn't jump out there to make offers and go you know, crazy. You know, they're going to sit back and think there's not – I'll put it this way. Hey, somebody might make him an offer. Okay, it's not over just because it wasn't done. Exactly, right. One minute after it was, he was uh, franchised – uh, let's let's just you know hold back on that. You got to really think about this: your salary structure, draft picks, where you're at as a franchise. Yes, Frank Reich and I'm, I think they want to build from the bottom up. In other words, kind of start over once again. You know the the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I I don't see that either. Uh, but th- that one almost kind of makes sense, really. Maybe the offense are going to run and everything. It wouldn't might fit him right away, but. Um, yeah, you know, that that's one thing. And the media drives so many narratives about all this, about Lamar, um, what's going to go on, what should happen, and all these things. And look, if you're looking at the Miami Dolphins, how many times do you have to see it, hear it, and everything to know that they are going to go down and they're going to push everything they can with Tua Tungabailoa, and hopefully that works out for them because they made a big investment and they want to see this come through. And they're behind him. They designed the offense for him. And uh, so not even shocked that they're not reaching out or thinking about it. No rumors. But time, let's give it a few days, maybe a week, whatever it is. I think somebody might come out of the woodwork and make an offer to Lamar. I, I wouldn't be shocked either, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and again, uh, I think you're right. There could be some teams laying in the weeds here. I think everybody's kind of jumping to conclusions a little bit, in my opinion, you know. And I think you add on top of that, which we've all been led to believe. Again, the the from from all due accounts, we don't know the exact specifics, but he was offered one of the best contracts in the history of football. I mean, there's no doubt about that from from the Baltimore Ravens. That was not accepted. He obviously, and everybody, nobody other than Stephen A. Smith just two weeks ago who threw that out there and then his own network like three days later had somebody else that say, you know, it's, it's still the guaranteed contract thing here. Everybody in the world connected to it knows that Lamar Jackson's looking for a guaranteed contract. And nobody wants to do that. That's not business or good business in the NFL. And I think off the top of this, too, I think what's frustrating me is, you know, people talking about the collusion in the NFL right now. Right, Dad? That, that's what I think. Yeah. And there's different I mean, levels. Right away, there's yeah. different levels of collusion. Like, yeah. uh, what I don't like is right now it's being portrayed like all these teams called each other and were like, hey, let's screw over Lamar. How dare he ask for a guaranteed contract? No, what I want to be is like, no shit they said they don't want to deal with a guaranteed contract. Nobody wants that. 
You know, it's not coming anytime soon to any player in football. You explained it. The Deshaun Watson thing, the stars lined up the right way, right? right. Let alone like there is, you know, other baggage and things that come along with, yeah, you're going to have to trade for Lamar. He's missed the last two Decembers because of injuries. He is more than your normal quarterback, relies on his legs more. So, again, I, you and me are both guys that want Lamar to be paid. I want, I want Lamar to be paid like one of the highest paid players in the history of football. He deserves that. There's no doubt. But we don't just break all rules and parameters just because one guy now wants this groundbreaking decision. Like, hey, if somebody asked and went to the team, I want $70 million a year. Oh, well, well we're going to give you the non-exclusive uh, franchise tag. Well, oh, it must be a collusion. Nobody wants to give him $70 million a year. What's going on? Well, no shit. It's not good for business, right? I mean, yeah. Well. So I, I guess yeah. that's where I'm, I think people are running with a subject line that I guess is bothering me just a little bit. Yeah, well, don't get bothered by it because, you know, that's how some people feel. Um, you know, they're insulted, whatever, for him. Uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a player that has great uh, uh, players in the NFL hold Lamar. Yeah, in high regard. High esteem. He is truly a cultural um person for him. I mean, he's Deion Sanders. He's Randy Moss. Right. Who else am I missing there? You know, the, he's in that category where the players in NFL, they don't like him. They love him. Yeah, right. What but he stands for, who he is, how he plays. Um, and let's don't forget this either. Uh, Lamar got hurt these last two years. Yeah. Throwing the football, okay? Not running the football. He did try to escape, and that's where he hurt his knee this year. But he's in the backfield. But that's he got his what was his ankle the year before? Yeah, yeah, that was on a you know he's back trying to throw the ball and got caught. And as I've always said, and I'll say it one more time, when you run the football as a quarterback, you determine what kind of contact you're going to have. Think about it. Even in your career, mine, I never ran the football and just got wow, I didn't see that coming. When you're running as a quarterback, your antenna is up on everything, and maybe every once in a while you can get chased down from behind. But taking big hits. As Greg Roman once told me, the quarterback determines what physical hits he wants to take. And Lamar went a long time without ever taking any of these big hits. But as time has gone on, maybe the last year or two, you know, he lowers his head and creates a lot of contact himself. He's like, yeah, he doesn't think I'm in any hits people. So that's one thing. The other thing is the Atlanta situation, of course, it's perfect with the head coach running the football a solid passing game and what they do and all that. So that's why I'm not counting it out that somebody's going to make an offer maybe to Lamar. As we go along, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And all right, so let's go to the next question. We got at Masterclass FC. Tell me, tell me this wasn't an Eric DaCosta masterclass. Nobody is giving Lamar the deal he wants. So once he sees, once he sees that, he'll come crawling back to the Ravens with his tail between his legs. Well, no chance, Jack. <laughs> He's not going to go back with his tail between his legs. That's not going to happen. But go ahead. Yeah, you're right. It's not going to be about with his tail between his legs, right? I mean, again, I think first off, I don't think he'll play for thirty-two point five million dollars. They're going to have to sweeten the pot if it's a one-year yeah. franchise tag deal, which they can do. So they can make that thirty-two and go. Oh, he can go. I'm not playing, and they go. Well, we'll give you forty-eight for the year, and then he can go. Okay, I'll play. Right. So that's the, the, his tail will not be between his legs, let alone. I still think that I believe Baltimore, that they want to make this happen, that they want a long term deal. 
I, I do. I think it, it makes everything. They're planning for the future better. They don't have to worry about the quarterback position. And they know, like to your point, that he's special that way. Right. But, you know, I, I, yeah, this is the other part of the collusion coverage. Yeah. Eric DaCosta, I'm sure he knows, you know, through people they know in football. I wouldn't be shocked if some of these teams have already called Baltimore late in the year, early in the offseason, talking Maybe. about what it might take to trade to get Lamar Jackson. So he probably had a good feel for you know, what the market might be or how many teams might be interested, which allowed him to, you know, somewhat gamble with this non-exclusive franchise tag. I, I think that's very realistic, at least in my mind, Dad. Let me say, Jack, as you do this, I'm, I'm going to go back to the year Lamar was drafted. I know you were really high on him, and, of course, you got just destroyed for it. Um, I, and In fact, when you made your first opinion, I hadn't really studied him yet. But, of course, at Louisville – where I grew up, uh, I watched every Louisville game I could possibly watch when they were on TV because of him, because of Bobby Petrino, who I was kind of a friend with and wanted to see what they were doing. And the first thing that happened to me when I watched him, I went, oh, my gosh, you know, the running is – but it was the throwing yes. that caught my eye. Right. His arm is elite. Yes, it is. I mean, so everybody, oh, Lamar's got to work. Hey, Lamar can throw the football. I'm not – well, I think he can throw it really well. And it just gets – it's a narrative that just won't go away, and I'm just going to say it one more time. Get rid of it. I'm just – he can throw the ball. Uh, the one thing about him, you can look at numbers and all that, which I just love. Everybody throws these numbers up when they think it's appropriate to their dumbass opinion. But, um, you know, he's a, an aggressive decision maker. And I think last year he was kind of on the road of bringing it back a little bit. Yeah. And I would love to see him – how it finished up, I'm going to say this too, and I said it during the year. The Baltimore Ravens, if he was healthy, they were a Super Bowl contender. Right. I don't know why. Their defense, once they figured it out and yeah. started playing a different style, if he'd have been in there, hey, look, they should have beat the Bengals in the playoffs. No doubt. But they had it to, you know, whatever. Won the one-yard line with a quarterback sneak. It was a 14-point yeah. swing on one play, right. Yeah, but I just, just all that I'm saying is that to go back to it, I'm sure Baltimore wants him. They want to make him happy. They built the team around him and all the things we say about him. He is the Baltimore Ravens. We can say whatever we want. Lamar Jackson's the Baltimore Ravens. Right. And again, that you know, that that's where this is they want him and they made him from all due accounts again, from a lot of people that I know in the NFL, the greatest offer in the history of football other than the Deshaun Watson contract. You know, more guaranteed money. We don't know the practical guarantees and all that, but the guaranteed at signing from everything we've heard was going to be better than anybody in the history of the sport. Way better than what Russell Wilson got, you know, or Kyler Murray. You know, so again, it's that Deshaun Watson conversation. And again, I don't think it's Lamar on the field that is causing the kerfuffle or the problems here. It is what you've talked about. Again, injuries a little bit, the amount of money maybe the amount of money he's asking for uh, obviously and then the fact that I do think that he doesn't have an agent and that there is a perception around him that getting things done or figured out in this department are not easy with Lamar Jackson and that is 
to me what's lending itself to some of these issues that he is having right now. I think we're both guys that want to go, Lamar, please get an agent because we'd like to see you get paid and be able to take advantage of every last dollar you can get. You deserve that. I mean, like my father just said, he just put you in a class with Randy Moss and Deion Sanders and Lawrence Taylors and guys where you just felt like they're the team, you know, they're like urban legends to your point, like almost Michael Vick, whatever. It's like, oh, man, is it, that's the one. I right. right. It's like, it's, yeah. is he God or is he man or is he a little combination of both? I mean, that's yes. what we're talking about with Lamar Jackson. So that's why I don't want to be pegged as the hater here. I'm just trying to give the other side of the story as to why I can understand teams would have some trepidation or want to pump the brakes a little on the Lamar Jackson situation. All right, so next question yeah, here. Yeah, let me just say yeah, this. Yeah, go ahead, Last say it. Thing, I'm, mine's quick, is that, you know, to go out and give a five-year humongous guaranteed contract, you know, that's just going to be tough for any team. You know, it just it's not a close, oh, Lamar style of play. You know, I, I don't want to hear that anymore either. Oh, my God, I've had to hear that. I, he can protect himself, like I've said, any way he wants. And there's more danger in the pocket than there is running the football if you're being careful and not looking for contact. So that's that's one thing. So we'll see where this goes. But um, I, I think when it all it's all said and done, I think he might get an offer from the outside. But I think he'll end up back with the Baltimore Ravens, and hopefully he'll be happy enough to put a, to, to have a good year this year coming up. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Yeah. All right. So here we go. At at Nath Jacobson. Okay. He, or at Nath underscore Jacobson. I can't. I'm not really sure there. But why are the Jets not in the conversation for Lamar Jackson? Haven't seen him anywhere. Am I missing something? Well, sure. Uh, those would be. That would be like to to what Dad has said here. You talk about teams that maybe you know come out of the woodworks here over the next week if they don't get the answer they want from Aaron Rodgers and that doesn't happen then I wouldn't be shocked to start to hear, wait, Joe Douglas, who's got a history you know, with the Baltimore Ravens and, and worked there at one point, that all of a sudden they're interested in Lamar Jackson? I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, one of those teams I think that, you know, I agree with you, Dad, that could kind of you know, yeah. start to, to rise in this conversation as they start to realize, wait, 
you know, what are we going to do with this position? Aaron Rodgers is our main target, but maybe now we turn our attention to to a Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I think the Jets, though, they, they want a veteran. I think I heard you talk about it this morning. This is what I've always believed, that they go out there, if they get Aaron Rodgers, that gives Zach Wilson, you know, they'd like to see and not make this rash decision and just get rid of him. Let's give him a little more time and see if he turns into the quarterback we think he uh, could be or should be. And uh, I think that's a good, a big driving force for the New York Jets. Yeah. Short tenure with Aaron Rodgers. And after one year or two years, whatever that happens to be, is Zach Wilson really ready by then to take over? And, you know, what's the rush with all these things with quarterbacks sometimes? It's just, it's just such year to year, game to game, love them, hate them, whatever it is. But, I think that's the big reason why the Jets, one, he fits the offensive coaches there. Right. Aaron Rodgers does. And two, the transition, if they can get him back again to Zach Wilson, yes. would be easier. If you bring in Lamar, then, hey, it's a whole different offense. They can fix it. They could do that. But then it kind of changes their yeah, the future uh, the outlook. Way they're going to operate, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. You know, and and, and hey, you know, one, one thing I want to like just go off of what you said, like five year guaranteed contract, right? I mean, again, it's so rare, right? It, it, it is, and the fact that again, it's it's we're going into year six of the career, it's even more rare. Where yeah, you know, but but guys like you know Joe Burrow even. And and Josh Allen, uh, what he has, Josh Allen's contract. I mean, if things went south, they would be able to get out of it after year four. They they could. I mean, really. So that would be you know a little bit of an issue there. But just to explain or give some context, you know, that it's just so rare that way. And even with Joe Burrow, he's going to sign a huge deal. We know that. But I guarantee, even with as awesome as he is. There's going to be like after year three or four, a wait, if you did have some crazy injury or you did fall off earth and start not playing well, you're, you're not going to get a fifth year, $60 million payday with that as well. Right. So uh, right. that, uh, just to give the people a little more context in that situation, just wanted to do that. We're going to hit more on the Packers and Jets in a minute, so I don't want to dive too much far uh, as far as the Packers, the Jet, uh, Jets, and the Aaron Rodgers conversation. I don't want to go too deep down that wormhole right yet. All right, uh, another one from a man uh, at Andrew Grills. I'm a Pats fan and a Mac Jones fan, but it's known that Belichick is a massive Lamar fan. What are the chances the Pats making a play for Jackson and trade Mac to the Raiders? Wow, an interesting little wrinkle there. I don't see that happening. I don't. You know, one, I think the style of football that New England wants to play is still more Mac Jones related, right? They got Billy O'Brien back in the building. They've never really done that. Um, I I don't know. The team is more situated, I think, to go Mac Jones. It wouldn't be crazy to go Lamar Jackson, but I just don't see them making moves, trading away two first-round picks, or and then giving a top-of-the-market deal to a quarterback where they wouldn't even give Tom Brady a top-of-the-market deal. And when he was winning four and five Super Bowls, I just don't see them being the type of team that does that. Yeah, one, you know, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, you and I were talking before we came on the air, what a really good offense he ran down in Alabama. Uh, It was truly, uh, you know, I almost hate the phrase pro style, but it was well-designed, get it down the field, easy for the quarterback to make reads, which Bryce Young did. And But just saying this, I mean, 
they can still run the offense they run now, and all you do is put in a few runs for the quarterback. You're right. It's all, and it's they did have like Cam Newton. Re- you're right. You're right. We don't have to reshuffle everything in the world because, oh, my God, we can't uh, we can't figure out how to do a quarterback run. I mean, you know, so that's crazy. Uh, but that's how everybody thinks, that every play in the playbook on offense has to be changed because now we have Lamar. Yeah, no, I know. It's I've an already argued that subject. point, and I'll right. say it again. He can drop back and throw all the drop back passes. It's not something you got to design just for him. The runs, yeah, those are for him. And those are pretty good. So I think Bill O'Brien, if he was faced with this, he goes, He could do hey, it. I like my offense and we'll run it. But, you know, we're going to have about eight to 10 runs in there for Lamar every game and everybody deal with that, which yeah. would be pretty incredible. I would agree. It's, it's an overblown subject. You're right. It's not this day and age of 2023. Oh, even teams that don't have good running quarterbacks have some quarterback design runs in their playbook. So it's a way over talked about, over thought about subject. All right. Next one at uh, Huyen Chang G. Okay. Huyen Chang G. Excuse me for my pronunciation <laughs> is wrong there. Should the commanders go all in on Lamar? I think the commanders have a really good, almost complete team and only need a QB and an O line, which they can fix through the draft or free agency. I don't disagree with that. They'd be one of the teams that I would put in that Jets category to go, let's wait a week or so. Let's see if they kind of, you know, think things out, maybe get a feel. Maybe they do get in contact with Lamar Jackson sometime here when, you know, the league year officially starts and they start to get a feel for where his brain is at in this whole conversation. And maybe they do get, but that would be certainly be a team that I look at to go, it's set up. They're dysfunctional. If they want to sell tickets and sell out the stadium, that fan base, they will come there to see Lamar Jackson. That's for sure. And I don't disagree with the point that, you know, other than O-line, there's some weapons to play with there, and there's a lot of damn good guys on the defense to where it does make sense for the commanders. I don't think it's a crazy thought to, to, to couple those two together. What about you, Dad? Hey, put Lamar behind center there. The O-line will be a lot better. Okay, that's the first thing. It, he just That's going to affect the offensive line right away, make them better, make them more aggressive because we're going to have some quarterback runs. And besides Atlanta, I think Washington makes great sense. Ron Rivera, you need to win. You need to do you, this. You got to be more than, oh, we're going to have a losing record, make the playoffs right. maybe, or anything like that. I think it's, it's, it's a big year for Ron Rivera. And gosh, think about him. It's really kind of up his alley. Helps his defense a little bit. And, you know, the quarterback running, which we saw him do with Cam Newton and everything, he knows what it does for his football team and what it does to defenses. So it makes a lot of sense. The skill group is really good in, in Washington. So that I, I think it's just one thing, Christopher, and that's the owner, and that's laying out a lot of money. Yeah, right. Maybe he doesn't want to do that now as he's, I, I guess, still trying to sell the team. I don't even read about it. I, I don't care. Um, they, you know, I just don't, it's just, oh my gosh, every week it's a different story. And I know you guys got to talk about it, but I don't. Yeah, no, and, you don't. Uh, Good. Thank God. You're right. Cause I'm yes, sick of talking God about is that. Right. You're right. No, I don't so, know. Yeah. I don't know. If, you know, signing Lamar, I would think would make it more valuable for him to sell it to some owner and go, look, it's the, ooh. the Washington commanders and you got your franchise quarterback and, you know, That's so we'll see. Point. Yeah, it could go either way there. I know it's an interesting but one. Doesn't it make sense for, for Ron Rivera, yeah. the football team, where they're at? They're not like, I don't look at them and go, man, they have no chance to win games this coming year. 
you know, they got a lot of players. They, you know, they have a ton of high-end players. Yes, they, they do. They just don't have enough of the middle ground. Right. Those guys that really make up your team sometimes because there's so many of them. But they got the, they got the high end covered, I think, except the quarterback. I'm with I'm with you there too. The, and and again, they showed us some some moments last year where you went, well, they got some elite parts of their football team that can compete against anybody. Um, right. Okay, last one about Lamar. With all the teams that are out on Lamar, do the Titans make the most sense? Tons of money in 2024. I I'll go first. That I don't see that. You know, again, I think the the Titans are a little bit in a somewhat they got a little bit of they got to refurbish retool their team a little you know no question. right you know the offensive line not quite the same as it was you know the last few years you know you're, there's a reason they they got derrick henry on the trade market they need a receiver they think that's got to be part of their free agency draft plan you know pass rushers uh, you know they gave Bud Dupree a ton of money off of a pretty bad ACL injury that didn't work out, so he's going to be gone. Harold Landry's coming back from it. David Long's a free agent. You know, so there's too many holes I think on that football team. And just me on the outside looking in, I, I do believe that Vrabel and with Rand Carthon as the new GM, that they're they're team guys more than like, hey, let's just go in on one guy and then try to figure it out off of that. That would just be my assessment. So I guess I don't see that one happening. Yeah, I don't see it happening at all. I think it's a remake down there. You said it. The guys are going to let go. Taylor Lewan, you know, the offensive right. line, not close. It's. I think it's just one of the reasons why they'll probably they're going to hang on to Ryan Tannehill. I guess right. Am I right or wrong? I, I think would think so. Yes. Because at least it gives them some hope to get something done. Even though Ryan Tannehill, which I think he threw the football as well as any year of his career last year, but uh, he's Ryan Tannehill. Oh yeah, you know. Hey. His talent is every bit up there with Derek Carr's and whoever, you know, you bring all this, that one group of uh, quarterbacks in there. Yeah. But, yeah, Rand Carthon, first-year general manager. You kind of – you want to reshape the football team. I think he's doing the right thing. And they got to kind of change who they are a little bit too. You know, the way they play is great or good. And it should have got them to a championship game or a Super Bowl here in the last few years, but it didn't. Because the way they play, Christopher does what? The margin of error is it's just not big. Exactly They're right. They're looking to beat your butt 20 to 17, right. 17 to 14. And that's hard to do now in the NFL just because of skill, systems, and, of course, quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly right. You, know, you get into those games against you know Joe Burrow or Mahomes. I mean, it's a playoff game. I'm more times going to go, well, okay, yeah, your team might be better, but those guys are at quarterback, and they got the ball late in the game. I'm going with them. Just like I did in the Super Bowl with that guy at quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. There's not a lot of room for error there, and they might have to readjust the way they play a little bit. All right, let's switch gears. It's enough Lamar tack, Lamar talk. We both want to see Lamar get paid. I think at the end of the day, we both are huge believers in his talent. You said it right. It's an elite arm. Of course, it's elite movement, elite competitor, you know, has an effect on the locker room. Again, I know some of the negatives I was bringing up. I'm bringing them up from the other, the franchise part. You got to be realistic here. We're going to keep it real, or we're going to fucking just bullshit everybody in the world. <laughs> I think that's what's going on a little bit here. So, oh, no uh, doubt this morning, I'm watching. I, I can't I take it. I know. I, I just, I got a feel for it last night. So that, that's all we're going here. And at the end of the day, I think both of you, would, uh, both of us, would sit here and go, Lamar, please hire an agent. Please do that because we want to see you get compensated fairly the right way, and we want to see you get your justice through the NFL world. We really do. All right, Daniel Jones, right? 
Big one, RG men. That's right. We're Giants fans here. At Hoop Stuff, Chris, why not franchise tag Jones for a year and prove the wide receiver room? If he has a good season, give him a big contract next year. It feels unnecessarily risky to base this all off a last season where Jones was a pleasant surprise, but nowhere near a bona fide star. All right, Dad. What do you want to do? You want to go there first? Do you want to answer this one? Too? Well, I'll just say this. That's yeah. another one. Oh, my gosh. I smacked myself in the back of the head this morning listening to it. Oh, he only threw 15 touchdowns. Well, then you know what? I don't want to hear from you. I really don't because I watch every game. Okay. And I and I get it just drives me nuts. Oh, well, his numbers and all this. Hey, his numbers were outstanding. Look what the Giants were trying to do. Don't you understand the way they were playing the game? was trying to stay in it and be competitive and keep it close. Uh, the way they called plays on offense, the talent, what what are you? What did you expect? Daniel Jones, to, he has to throw 35 touchdowns before we believe in what he is. Look, I'm a believer. I was before last season started. You know that. And I think he not only proved it during the year, he proved it many times. Tell me the games where he had tremendous lulls and didn't, you know, where he was a detriment to the football team. I don't know if there was any. You know, I, I really don't. No, so, no. You know, and it, uh, Daniel Jones, I, I don't know. They they want to get him signed. They franchise Saquon Barkley. They got what they want. And they can still go out there and get players, Christopher. It's not like it, oh, everything's gone and now we got to change and all that. No, that that's that's not what's happening for the Giants. And I think the contract, I haven't looked at it. I heard you talking yes, about it. Yes, but say it, right. It's not as severe as everybody thinks. No. Everybody gets their total... Oh, it's 160 million or what? I don't even know what it is, and because I just don't care. Uh, good for him, but it's it's not like they're going to be stuck with him no matter how he plays for four or five years. No, so. well, ex- exactly right. I, I think the first thing is, and you're right, we haven't seen the full details here, but I think I would be shocked at yeah, the 40 million, 40, you know, four years, 160 million dollars, 40 million per year. The way it's broken down, it's going to be less than that on the salary cap. So the number will be closer to that non-exclusive franchise tag number that you're talking about at Hoop Stuff. And, you know, they're sold on them. Let's not forget about the guys that have been around football and know football more than me and more than you at hoop stuff, right? Brian Dayball, this ain't the first, it ain't first rodeo. He knows he's had it every day for seven, six months. He saw the guy. So he's sold, let alone, you know, yeah, you're sold. You know, I was somewhat sold before the year. Like, give this guy some support, and I think you can see some really good things. And we know the organization was even sold in a lot of ways before the year. They just were, hey, can we put enough around him to where everybody else can see what we see? So I think that's where they are. And then, yeah, you get this done to your point, too. Yeah, you you get to the value is – I don't think the number is going to be as egregious as people think. You do get to franchise Saquon Barkley. There's still plenty of money and time and room to spend on on wide receivers. And to your last point, Dad, you know, the potential of Daniel Jones, it, it, what we saw this year, I think it's greater than what people are giving it credit for. I mean, there was a lot of games where I go, if they don't have fucking Daniel Jones, I don't know what they're going to do. 
I mean, I was yeah. at a Dallas Cowboy game on a Monday night, and if they didn't have Daniel Jones or five or six, seven other quarterbacks of football that can move like him, I'd go, they're going to lose by 30 points. He broke 70 tackles behind the line of scrimmage and made 50 free rushers miss and ran for, th- ran for big yards and made plays that way. So I think he's shown some potential to be a star. He's got a good arm. He's got incredible size, and he is one of the five best running quarterbacks in football. And when you put that together, you pay him $40 million, which is a average run-of-the-mill type of number for the quarterback market right now. Well, let me say a few things. One, you were at that Dallas game. I got text messages from all kinds of people because you were yelling and screaming at all the fans to be quiet about Daniel Jones. <laughs> so that's one thing I did. Well, because you know, you know how it is. Oh yeah. No, well, it's, I used oh, to live yes. it when I used to watch you, but then there I am oh. not watching my dad and I'm going, damn it. They just, they're going to blame Daniel Jones for every, Oh, Oh yeah. I mean, literally it was Tony Pollard runs for 20 yards up the middle. Daniel Jones. What a Daniel Jones. We should be up by well, what? They're not even on the field. I mean, everything was Daniel Jones. I couldn't take I, it. Listen, so he, yeah. First off, let me say it. There was nothing he displayed this year that I didn't think he had in him. And, you know, if anybody wants to disagree with it, go back and look at everything I've said. And I thought he could do what he did this year. You know, I know he needed help. And that help really just came from one person, one thing. And that was the head coach. He set up an environment for the football team. And he had a quarterback that helped him set that environment. And Daniel Jones, you said it, tall. I mean, the first thing you see when you meet him, you go, damn, you're a big dude. Yeah. And, you know, and can run. We see that. And I want to, I would just say to Daniel Jones, keep that up, man. Keep working on running the ball. Because the one thing you're going to lose, you might not lose arm strength in your first six or seven years, but you're going to lose speed. So you better try to keep that about. But, and, and even they told me, even Brian Dable said this to me when I interviewed him during the year. He just kind of just goes, man, he's really accurate. And I go, yeah. I mean, I I think I've seen that. I think he can throw the football with power. And he played extremely well. And, you know, that's the narrative. Because there were so many haters, it's really hard for them for people to change their opinions. And I don't know why. When you get some information, you get more information on something, it should change your opinion. Yeah. And uh, is it? he's only had one year out of four. Well, those other three, three, let's look at them. What, what was he actually supposed to do with those teams? Exactly. As a quarterback, not only the teammates, the system, the environment, it just goes on and on. I have very good, a lot of faith in him, and uh, I'm glad the Giants got it done this way. And everybody is an armchair coach, quarterback, and GM now. Well, we should have paid him $37 million instead of I – I just – I'm not getting into that. You know, it's – um I can't coach every team in the NFL. I'll just try to coach a few of them. Yeah, I, I hear that. All right. Well, and, and, you know, our next question at Maxwell Ross, he goes, how much money does Dayball, uh, Daniel Jones owe Dayball? You know, you kind of hit on it there. Now, listen, at Maxwell Ross, I don't I don't want this phrase as like, oh, he owes Dayball everything because Dayball saved him. No, yeah. I think it's more about like what you're saying. Dayball, first off, to your point, it was the first three year, first four years. It, it wasn't a bad O line. It was the fucking worst O line in football. It wasn't even close. I mean, this was not even close. And then the receiving core itself was way below average the first few years. Now this year, this past year, I mean, it was still below average wide receiving core. And the O line was, 
you know, above average. But we're not sitting here ready to go, hey, it was top eight or top ten offensive line in football. So let's take that into account. But does he owe Brian Dayball? Of course he owes Brian Dayball because Brian Dayball played the right way with what the team they had, made the system fit for what they had instead of like what you just talked about. We had some other coaches in in prior years where they just ran their system, and you're like, well, that's not going to work with this team. They, you yeah. need to change it up and protect a few guys and hide this hole over there. Brian Dayball did a great job of that, let alone yeah. he built the confidence, I think, of Daniel Jones and built the offense to where we could start to see the good things that Daniel Jones can do on a consistent basis. So, yes, he owes him, you know, but just like Tom Brady owes Bill Belichick and Mahomes owes Andy Reid and all the oh, – and, and Joe Montana owes Bill Walsh. Right. So, from that standpoint, <laughs> yeah. yes, he does owe him in that, well, in that category. Yeah, let me – I guess I better send a check out today to Bill Parcells. Yeah, that's I right. You owe him. <laughs> no, that's right. No, I don't because I didn't get any money. Uh, that's one thing. But Maxwell – uh, let me say this. How about Dayball giving Daniel Jones some money? Because uh, his first year was a great success. Yes, he helped the quarterback, but the quarterback helped him a lot too. And if it didn't work out, where would the Giants be? Oh, who are they going to get in free agency? What are they going to do? Are they going to draft the guy? All these other things. So uh, it kind of goes both ways. And that's that's how an organization and a football team works. You want your quarterback to play well, but you got to give him help. And you got to design a system that works for him. But most importantly, you got to be a big time leader of men. And Brian Dable showed that for himself this past year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So, off of that, we got another question, too, just on this so is uh, at Ethan Ball Media. Do you believe a team can win the Super Bowl with Daniel Jones taking up 40 to $45 million a year? So go ahead. You want to you want to hit that one there? Well, I'll just say this. I don't think the cap hit is going to be that big. I haven't looked into it. I probably won't. I'll just listen to somebody and hear what they said, and I'll, I'll try to mimic it some, somewhat. Uh, you put the right team around him. I think we saw uh, we're, we're seeing an ascending quarterback, yes, with more talent and all that. Um, no, he's not going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, I just every single day on I have to listen – well, you know, it, it, there's only a couple elite guys that can win the Super Bowl and all this. I, I, I don't know. There, there, there's more than that. There, there's more quarterbacks that can win Super Bowls in the NFL than we're given a credit for. Right. I mean, look, if he doesn't get hurt, maybe Brock Purdy was going to win a Super Bowl. Was he in the top five or ten quarterbacks? I know. Uh, of course not. So right. it's more than just, oh, can we do it with this quarterback? Can the, the team do their – job and get the right players in the right system to a quarterback has the talent to be high end that can really show it off and get it done. And I believe Daniel Jones is one of those guys. Yeah. I'm my God, Christopher, I argued this all year long. And even now, you know, me, I'm sitting here watching these college quarterbacks and I'm watching all these talk shows, which I don't know why I do it, but I just do it. And because it does give me information and things to talk about. Yeah, sure. But it's still, it's still quite a bit, then I, I, I probably won't get to watch today like it was. But there's still a, a, an undercurrent of hatred. Maybe that's too strong a word, but it's damn close, of Daniel Jones by a lot of commentators and people on TV because they look at stats, they see a highlight, are you watching the games? And I'm just sitting here to tell you, not that I'm an expert on anything like that. I watch the games. I'm a pretty good judge. And I feel really safe like I did all year long and even now 
that Daniel Jones will hold his end up of the bargain. Yeah, so, I yeah. agreed with you there. You know, build the team up, right? Daniel Jones, he's a really good player. I understand this is the new hot button topic. Can you pay a quarterback and still, you know, go and win the Super Bowl? You know, of course we saw Patrick Mahomes do it. I know he's Patrick Mahomes. I get that. You know, but I think people are overblowing this subject a little bit. You know, again, I I, I never heard anybody talking about 15 years ago, can the Saints put up a good enough team with Drew Brees making $25 million, you know, 15 years ago, or Peyton Manning or Eli Manning at that time. It wasn't a subject, but the teams were good. And, you know, I know, yeah, there's a little more work that has to be done, but, you know, the 20 or $25 million those quarterbacks were making then, it's it's no different than right now. A dollar then is, is a lot more than now. So, you know, you know I, I think it's a little bit of an overblown, overhyped uh, subject, and uh, I'm glad to see them get it done with our man. All right, last one here with the Giants, okay? As a Giants okay. fan, this is uh, from Steven Nixon. As a Giants fan, now I want them to sign OBJ to give Jones the wide receiver one he needs to be successful. Saquon in the backfield, Odell outside will keep opposing defenses from loading the box to take Saquon away. All right, you had a thought on that? Hey, look, it, it, just for me, I'm an Odell guy or whatever when he's healthy and all that. And if you could sign him, of course, you you can't pay him big money, but you can load that thing up with incentives and whatever if he stays healthy and is the guy that we think he's going to be. Now, you know, we're talking about well over a year from the surgery. Right. So he's going to be ready this coming season. Uh, you know, I still think he's the guy that still has it and can – uh, be a factor on the football field. Uh, the Giants, I, I don't know if he'd ever want to come back here. I don't know that. But I, Odell's going to go to a big spot. And like I, I see the Dallas stuff and the rumors or whatever they are. It wouldn't shock me if he goes there because, man, if you want to be on the stage, where else to go besides the Dallas Cowboys? Because every day we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I would love to see Odell back. There's no doubt. I would. You're I'd... talking about energy? Yes. And, you know, here's the other thing. Right. And I always say, you know, here's my, well, I'm going to get into something else real quick. You know, uh, Phil, uh, Bill Parcells couldn't coach today's players. And I go, well, you're wrong. <laughs> he could coach anywhere, anytime, because he knows how to connect to players and whatever. You think, and I think Brian Dable has that same exactly. quality. Right. If, if Odell came back to the Giants, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's a whole different head coach. He's going to be treated, and it's going to, it's unique the way he handles people. So uh, there you go on that subject. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that too. I, I do. I think, one, Daniel Jones, I don't think he would be affected by a personality like OBJ. No, two, you're exactly all. right. Dayball's a master communicator and has the magic touch with people. Three, you know, again, this is one thing I, I would like to just point out. 99.9% of OBJ's teammates love OBJ. In fact, yeah. the only one I've ever even heard him having an issue with are Eli Manning and, and Baker Mayfield at the end. But as we saw in Cleveland, the locker room took OBJ's side. I mean, yeah. for sure, 100%. The Rams, they, they're still talking about how great of a teammate he is. So, mm. you know, there, there is some value to that. Now, the big thing with Odell and I think the Giants conversation, and I think you would agree with me here, is just that, yeah, what's that money he's going to ask for? You know, is he going to – again, people need to see him. It ha he is getting it, – it's getting to the 30-year-old age, right, where you see receivers maybe lose that top gear, 
right? So there's that. It is the second ACL injury in three years. Yeah. So those things are going to lower his price tag in the organization's mind. Now, what's his price tag going to be when he puts out there? But, I mean, yes, I would love to see Odell back with the Giants, and he wouldn't be the only guy. I mean, again, I think they probably need to sign another receiver, too. Uh, yes. But we'll see where that goes. Uh, you know, to answer your question real quick, yeah. too, it's not going to be a conflict with Daniel Jones is, you know, I, I don't know. God, I never see him speak. I mean, he just stays under the current yeah. with the Giants, so that would not disrupt anything. For him, I don't think if they did bring OBJ in. So, but do I think it's going to happen? No. But if it did, I think it's exciting for the team. It's exciting for the area. And if they brought him in. If he's healthy, you know, well, that's the only reason they bring him in. I'd be all for it. So there you go. Yeah, cool. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, all right. We got some. We got some other ones here to hit on. All right, and that's time for it's. It's it's Aaron Rodgers time. And you know, again, with some of these questions, and we've got. I hope we're not too, uh, you know, negative or intense in our our clapbacks with these questions. We're just passionate about it, and we're trying oh, to cover so, all bases. As I think I've been. Have I said anything negative? I know me. I worry about me sometimes because I'm always. Uh, I can be like, what? What are you talking about? Hey, that's crazy. You know. So I know I can be like that, and I don't mean it to be personal. It's just I get. You know, I get going. You know how I am, Dad. Um, all right, here we go. Jets, Aaron Rodgers time at Mike Kremer, 89. All the Jets fans calling for Rodgers didn't watch him last year. The draft capital the and the contract stink. You can't give up a top 15 pick for a one-year rental. And as we know right now, the reports are that, yeah, the Jets met or had conversations with Aaron Rodgers on Monday, and the reports now say that, yes, the Jets and the Brad and, you know, owner, head coach, GM, flew out to Aaron Rodgers, I believe in California, on Tuesday. I don't know if they were meeting with him Tuesday night or today as we're doing this uh, podcast, but either way, yeah, it's full-on, full-court press time right now between the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. You know, what's your what's your thoughts after uh, of our question there off of uh, at Mike Kremer 89? 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of like this about this whole thing. Yeah, if, if he, I just go, what is the great bargaining power that Green Bay has? Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, they're going to want this and they're going to want all these draft picks. Well, I think you've got Green Bay. They don't want Aaron Rodgers. Yes. They don't want him to be their quarterback this year. Yes. Everybody knows that. And I would say this about Aaron Rodgers. I just wrote this down. He got too comfortable in Green Bay. You know, you know, as a player and especially quarterbacks, you it, it it's like, you know, you got to be on edge at all time because you worry about your job. It's just so much. They got to win, got to win all these things. I think he got comfortable up there. And I think he, if he went to the Jets, the motivation for him would yeah. be off the charts. I think he would go back and we would see a different player this year right. if he's with the Jets than we saw up in Green Bay. Right. He'll be more accountable. He'll be more involved. And look, Green Bay, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's here every day. Yeah. He comes into the Jet building. Oh, my God. It makes it. Everybody's excited, yeah, but they get tight too because I better do my job and whatever. The coach, the GM, it puts all on edge if you bring him in. This got to work, and we got to do right by him. So that's that's just my first thought. I yeah. think he will be a different guy with the Jets than we saw with Green Bay. Would agree. Year. You 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 put it in 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 a great perspective right there. Added to the fact that yeah, his legacy is going to be under the microscope and he's going to be in New York and people are going to want to see, wait, how good is he? Can he take this team to another level or whatever else? I think that all plays into if he comes to New York, yes, you're going to get the best version of Aaron Rodgers. And the team we know, it's damn good. It's talented. It's ready right now. And like you said earlier, makes a lot of sense for Zach Wilson, too, if they still have hopes to make that work. He's the perfect guy to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and, you know, develop and learn from him. And they have a similar play style to begin with. So that's where. But, Dad, you made the best point there. This is something I tried to say a little bit today with Florio on PFT because I think that's the, oh, it might take two first-rounders to get Aaron Rodgers. No, by all due accounts, by anybody I've talked to around the league, you said it right. Green Bay, it sounds like they're done. It sounds like they have told him that they would like to go to Jordan Love to be their quarterback. So they can't have such a price tag for a guy that, like like you're saying, at Mike Kremer 89, has got a huge contract. You don't want him anymore. And you might not have them more than one year. And really, maybe the maximum is two years to where, yes, I think to your point, the Jets have a lot more power and leverage in this situation than people are giving them credit for because of all those things we talked about. I wouldn't be shocked to see Aaron Rodgers traded to – you know, the New York Jets for a third-round pick with a contingency of if he plays this well or they get this far into the playoffs, it maybe becomes a second-round pick, you know? I don't even know if they will get to the first-round pick conversation with the amount of money and for how short of a rental this might be. So, But, I, again, I don't think this is going to be one where the Jets are going to have to look at this and go, oh, man, we got to really ruin our team for years to come. I don't think it's going to come to that. And, you know, at Mike Kremer 89, I think the Jets are ready. I mean, other than O-line, what, what, what are the, like, and O-line's not even that bad when healthy. You and I, I think, yeah. both agree with that. After that, you go, well, what, what is the pressing need for the team? It's kind of ready right now. So I can yeah. understand the uh, Aaron Rodgers love affair. And, and my, honestly, I mean, Dad, I'm expecting it to happen. I think Aaron I mean, Rodgers well, to the Jets is going to happen here in the next four to five days. I kind of be shocked if it doesn't. 
Yeah, me, me too. Yeah, and not only, you know, you're talking about these draft picks and I'm the Jets. Why, why do we have to pay them the sal whole salary? You're helping out Green Bay by taking some of that salary off their hands. Exactly, right, that's, right. That's another one. I just, I don't see, you know, and all the news guys or whatever you want to call them, which I, I love listening to them, Green Bay wants a lot. Well, okay, yeah, I, I want a lot of things in life that are not going to happen either. And uh, they've already happened. Uh, so I don't think that... I just don't see two first round picks and picking up the salary. No I way. Just, listen, if that's if that's the price, then Green Bay, hey, good luck with this little drama you're going to have going on up there all year long. Good luck with that. See how that works out. And maybe if nothing happens with no trade or anything like that, maybe Aaron Rodgers just goes, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to play. Uh, but I can't imagine that either. And, you know, did you guys talk about it yesterday? What? Players – it's the money. There's nothing wrong with that. Close to $60 million. I mean, who can give up $60 million? Oh, to go play quarterback? You mean you want me to go out to, then you know this, going out to practice, you go, man, I can't wait to practice today, you know, because I got to throw the ball. Hey, what a great day, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see him. I think he will go to the Jets like you. I think the deal will be a lot better, Michael, just to answer your question then everybody's putting out there, but we'll see how it goes. But I think the Jets have a pretty strong point here uh, about what they want to do and getting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, agreed there. Agreed. It's going to be interesting, and uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And then, of course, we like we talked about earlier, too, if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, which I think we're both expecting, and I think it's a very easy transition. It's going to be the same system. It's Nathaniel Hackett. He's very comfortable with him. There's going to be no, no learning curve, and I think Nathaniel Hackett is the type of guy, you know, knowing him, knowing their family, his ability to kind of communicate and find the fine line of like, hey, Rogers, here you can kind of do what you want, but hey, you got to kind of do what I'm telling you too. I think he's got a, a magical touch in that department, especially when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I'm, let me say yeah, this before. Yeah. I'm sorry, this, the the Jets, they the quarterback. Of course, we just talked about that to Michael, but two really key things for them: Makai Becton, can he come through? And I think he's going to be motivated beyond belief because he wants to play. It's about the contract, all the money that could come in the future if you get back to being, you know, a franchise tackle, if he can do that. And then the running back, Hall, man, when he's on their football team, they're different. And if he can get back to being healthy, I don't know, what do you think? Would he be ready training camp somewhere in there maybe he might, uh, yeah start of the year hurt. he might not be 100 percent, but i could see him being around ready there during that time yeah, of the year close right yeah it's not they're not going to make him the guy that has to carry the ball and you know be on the field for you know get 30 snaps towards his uh to what he does throwing and catching right or running and catching uh so but makai beckton i just think that's one of the big stories about the jets they need him to come through, and that would settle a lot of questions. For yeah, they, they they do, and yeah, they might be one of those teams that's in uh, free agency with these offensive linemen just to protect themselves in that department sure. there and give themselves a little more depth. Um, all right, let's switch gears to the Packers here. At Coach Magnet, what do the Packers need to do in free agency? All right, and you know, Dad, I'll, I'll throw a few ideas out there at least as far as the teams are con or the team is concerned. You know, one, I don't think like wide receiver for Green Bay is a pressing issue. Not anymore. No, not with those two young guys and Dobbs and Christian Watson. They're special, right? You know, running back, they're okay. 
Tight end is one area you look at. Robert Tunyon is a free agent, so I could see that being, you know, uh, something they are looking at. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. And then the other two positions that jump out to me, Dad, you know, safety, I could see that being a thing. You know, again, I think corners, they're pretty good. I mean, again, it's Jair Alexander. They got Stokes over there. They drafted in the first round a few years ago from Georgia. He's a damn good player. Safety, maybe. Maybe another pass rusher to go along with that. You know, again, you know, there's the Rashawn Gary situation. Uh, They do have Preston Smith, right? But, again, it's not a team that I look at that has pressing needs all over. Uh, But free agency, I could maybe see a – third receiver a veteran receiver maybe being added to the mix along with one of those positions there that you know can can add some sexiness to their football team yeah you know oh they haven't drafted a first round wide receiver you know what who cares but i tell you i think they hit it on dobbs and christian watson yeah and i know you were a big christian watson guy i watched him you know i probably didn't jump into it as much as you did but you know it's sometimes it gets hard to judge a little bit where he's playing at North Dakota State, the offense, when I tell you it's rudimentary or whatever, I hope I said that word. I'm like you. Did I say that word right? I think you I did. Think <laughs> yeah. It, it's beyond belief. And he ran deep in cuts, go routes, and maybe they threw him a screen. But it was whatever. But he came through, uh, and he showed great talent. Uh, when I look at the, the, the Packers, very disappointed in the defense this past year. Maybe yeah. that's my most thing, just the defense. I thought their defense was going to be top, like one of the top five, six, seven defenses in the NFL. I don't know where they ended up in stats. I don't care. But it just seemed like it was not coming through for them. And I think my big thing is just size. When you look at Green Bay's defense, do you see big people? No. Do you look at the defense and think it's big? I don't. And what did we see? Let's see, Kansas City up front. Oh, yeah, they're big. Oh, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, they're big. And, you know, the old saying uh, about Parcells, you know, I hate to always quote him, but to hell with it. Hey, Sims, fast guys, during the year, they get slower. Big guys don't get smaller. And the league is about big people. I heard you talk about it yesterday or Monday. I don't know what. Yeah. It's about big people. Right. And it's it's another thing. Bill Parcells, when you said you're – Picking really high in the first round, you got to take. You got to get a prototype. That that's what you want a prototype with talent, because I think it shows us when you start getting exceptions. Oh, we want receivers over six foot. Then all of a sudden, well, you make an exception. We got one that's five nine, and then you look down the line two years, and we don't have a receiver that's six foot because we undermine what we believe in right and now we change our system somewhat whatever to accommodate players which look i've lived through that listened to those arguments with the team with the giants for years and i think their formula for all those years especially under bill parcells was easy they were true to it and that's why we had success for a yeah. long time well i i listen I, it's a great subject right and i think that you know you look at the last 20 years in football well, the greatest dynasty we ever saw in the history of the sport was rooted in your belief right there, which is the New England Patriots. I mean, how many championship games and Super Bowls do they have to be in, right? It was all about size, for sure. You know, oh, you get man. to the Eagles and both of their Super Bowl appearances, size, you know, no doubt about it. There, well, I guess my point is more teams was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, two years ago, size. There's oh, been more big. teams that have won with the – 
size element than the the comparable Rams, Colts in the mid two thousands, right? Those would be the the Bucks early two thousands. Those are the small fast teams. The Saints and Sean Payton, right? Irrelevant forever. They're Bill Parcells School of Coaching. A lot of big oh, people. Huge. Right. Huge. Right. So uh, it's a, always an interesting conversation. Not to say speed's bad or anything like that, but I'm with you. I err on more of the belief of big people. Um, and I'm with you. The Packers, you know, that's been an issue the last few years, I think. When they play the elite teams that are powerful, or like we saw the Tennessee Titans do to them on a Thursday night where they just said, we're going to run the ball every play and you're not going to stop it. Oh, that means you're not big enough up front. Right. You saw that many times this I year. I know. So that that is it. Now, they do have Devontae Wyatt, right, who they drafted in the yep, first round. Like Quay Walker, middle linebacker, right? He's learning. So, But I'm with you. I still would like to see them get bigger. I think, one, the Packers at pick 15 in the draft are in that prime area for one of these top tight ends in the draft that people seem to love. I haven't got into it yet. Uh, right. It's not a great free agency edge rusher class as far as superstars, but there's some value picks there. You know, hey, you got to have guys like Frank Clark and Brandon Graham and Jadeveon Clowney as a one-year rental if you want, and some guys of, of that nature to where, hey, if they can find the right price tag, I could see them adding to the defense. And then, hey, at safety, you know, if they want to break the market and go above and beyond, Jesse Bates being out there, Jimmy Ward, Von Bell, right? There's going to be some options out there at safety. So uh, I, I think that, that safety position is something I would look at in free agency, and um, we'll see where it goes from there. Anything else you want to add? I got, we got about two, three more questions on other teams, and then we're done. No, no. No, I'm, I'm good there. I think the Green Bay thing we've answered. And, um, look, it's going to be, let's just say Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Jets. It's going to be a new atmosphere and an environment for Green Bay. And I think, you know, and this is not against Aaron Rodgers, but it's going to be somewhat exciting because everybody's going to feel the vibe, the urgency, just where this is all there together, whatever. Uh, so I think Jordan Love, I this my first thought is, he'll be glad he sat on the bench for three years because he's in a good position He's gotten physically better. Yep. Can he get better than what I even saw in the games? Absolutely. I think he's got so much closer. But I think he's tried to learn and watching Aaron Rodgers. Not that he mimics him. He does in some aspects, but I think he's really smoothed his throwing out much better. But just the whole team, I'm just thinking about that. Man, they can say whatever they want now as a coaching staff, right? Yes. They, you know, we're yes. going to – Yes. Yeah. So there's no. There's no tippy towing around. You know the king, right? And then Green Bay. That's what they've done. And to, yeah. to their credit, you know, maybe it's also to an issue, but they've made their last two quarterbacks king of the franchise, and because yeah. of that, they 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 walk around with a crown on their head, and you have to listen to them a little bit, and and uh, that's definitely yeah. some of the issues they had to deal. With. You're hey, right. Look, they were always in it, right? Too right. those quarterbacks. I mean, at least we thought that, or you feel that. Last year was a shock to see him just completely not be, you know, whatever the first 12 weeks of the year, just right. going, wow, what happened to Green Bay? And I, I don't know. I, I pick a lot of Super Bowl uh, people before the season. I think I picked them in a couple of my pulls. <laughs> 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 I got to take somebody nobody's thinking about maybe, but that was a 
Baltimore was like my first. Oh, one. I know it was, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm with you. I don't. I don't think you were wrong about that one there. Lamar's yeah. not hurt. That would have been interesting in the AFC playoffs. All right, switch All right, gears to the, the Dolphins here. Nick Trent, forty-three. He just wants to simply know what's the deal with Tua. All right. Well, here's my two cents on the deal with Tua. One, yeah, he's going to be available for the fifth-year option. They're going to have to make that decision here sometime in the next five, six weeks, right? Um, I don't think – I wouldn't do it if I'm them. I'd more take the approach of kind of what the Giants did with Daniel Jones, right? One, we've only seen one year, and you had an unbelievable team around you, and you did great. I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did. He did awesome this year. Right. But it still was just one year like we talked about. Right. I do. I think we both would agree that teams are going to study the Dolphins this year a little bit and take away some of the the things they were killing people with that were so easy last year. But then also on that, I don't know how you could guarantee something two years down the road where you also have one of the most dangerous concussion subject issues that we've seen in football, in the history of football. So I'd want to see just if I was the GM or the head coach of the Dolphins, just one more year of like, hey, let's just make sure he could stay healthy and we don't have one big setback with another bad concussion or something. And now we're on the hook for the fifth-year option. But, damn, he had two bad concussions and he can't even play that next year. Or we're having real questions about whether he should play or retire or whatever. So that would be my two cents. But I think they want, and they want to make it work with Tua. I don't think we either one of us will disagree there, and and uh, I think at least that's my two cents. What do you what do you got to add to that, Dad? I, I'll be very surprised if they give him a contract or guarantee the fifth year. I don't think that'll happen. They want to see another year. Uh, they created a system. You're right. That's really good for him. That fits his skill set. And you know Miami's going to make adjustments too on their offense. You right. know because they know okay they they're going to keep evolving. And Tua, when he was healthy and all that, he was better than good. He was yeah, really good. Right. And, you, uh, hey, Daniel Jones got an offense that kind of fit him a lot better. Tua got one, too. You know, he wasn't running just a stock NFL offense. We're going to do this and that. And I, I thought he did tremendous. They want him to be their guy. Exactly. But yeah, but there's no, nothing wrong with giving it a year. One, if you don't give him – you know, just it's about money always, right? But it just keeps you in a situation where you can uh, have more what's versatility when the year is over if you don't like what you see from Tua, right? But uh, I like where they're going, I think they're a good football team. Uh, they're trying to do it now, they're in that mode that we are in the window to win right now, and they're trying to go for it. We saw that last year, and I think we'll see it again this year. Just some of the talk I'm hearing from the Miami Dolphins reading articles. Right. That's it. That uh, they're, they're trying to they they're just trying not to play well. They're trying to go out there and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think they're a lot closer than everybody thinks. Uh, agreed with that too. They're they're going all in. I mean, put yeah. it this way: if Tua was playing against the Buffalo Bills, yeah, that I mean, was there to be had. Down? They're gonna, they're going to upset the Bills on Wild Card Saturday Sunday. You're right. That was there to be had. Oh man! I mean, Tua could have just played really average or even below average. That it probably would have been enough to win the game. Yeah, agreed, so. agreed. And you know, I think your point there too is where the Dolphins have the leverage is Tua. Uh, you know, knows that he's going to know that. Wait, they they set this up for me to succeed. This is perfect for me. Yeah. And like a Daniel Jones, where you know sometimes you hear people go, "Oh, it's disrespectful." You know, it's going to make the player feel disrespected. 
No, not necessarily. It's just business. These guys are smart. They understand the big picture of thing. And they're also yep. going to realize, just like Daniel Jones did, yeah, they didn't give me the fifth-year option, but damn, who out there loves me more than the Giants do? So I know yeah. they want to do right by me, and that's kind of the same thought I get with Tua. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, if he can stay healthy, he'll get paid, and he'll be the guy. And I think the Dolphins would welcome that, you know, opportunity or issue if they got to deal with it. Um, hey, Christopher, yeah. there's nothing like being right. Okay? Yeah, that's right. They right. want to be right. Everybody's got an ego. They want to be right. They drafted him ahead of Justin Herbert. Uh, so they want to be right about that. And, you know, really, hey, well, they didn't win a playoff game last year, but they got there. Yeah. And a good year before that. But so whatever, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's Justin Herbert out there. I went on Miami radio, I think the day before the draft, the year they came out. And, of course, I was a big Justin Herbert fan. I said, this, I, being honest, I would have taken him with the first pick of the draft. I liked him just a little bit more than I liked Joe Burrow. Right. Just because of size and arm strength and right. things like that. Well, okay, I, I ate that one, big deal. But, man, after I gave my opinions down there in Miami, from what I hear, when I got off the radio, they crushed me. So <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, I felt pretty smart there for a couple of years. Then last year, too, I answered the bell and really played really well when he was in there. So a lot of ways to get it done in the NFL with the quarterback. You got to fit them in the right place first. That's That's the first thing. You need to do to have great success. Yeah, that's right. hundred percent. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, last two questions here. This one on uh, Geno Smith at uh, PAVV or P-A-E-B-V, PAV, PAV, I'm not sure. All right? Yeah. But. Let me answer this first. Here we go. Can the Seahawks afford to pay Geno Smith a salary of $30 million a year and draft Anthony Richardson? Fingers crossed emoji. All while staying in playoff or all while staying playoff competitive. All right, go ahead. You want to answer this one first? I do. Um, you know, you know this. I'm not, and, and I would, you know, I admit when I'm wrong. I do. And, uh, but I was right about Gino, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. Okay. Everybody there. Yeah, I was right about him. I've seen him in person many times. I've always thought he had the talent to be a so called, oh, the franchise guy. Can they pay him 30 million to go to you? Uh, how do you say his name? Well, what I'm not going to try. I don't want to mess your name up. Uh, but, uh, Drafting Anthony Richardson, you know, I I don't think they will uh, do that. They could, but I think that Seattle looks at their team and go, man, we're, we're in a pretty good window here. Yeah, Let's get guys that are going to help us right now. And what do we want to do? Bring in Anthony Richardson and everybody's going to want to see him play? Oh, well, let's see Andy. Well, they can fit him in there and play, do this and that. Oh, that, that's all dreams. And it's not going to work that way. It's going to work if Geno Smith is the man. He has control of the locker room. 
the fan base is not wanting to see Anthony Richardson throw a 80-yarder or run the football, things like that. And I think it would be a mistake for the Seattle Seahawks, which everybody is talking about. they got to go get another quarterback. Well, well I, again, did you watch Geno Smith the whole year? There were really no down moments. Maybe a gamer here that was tough because they weren't the greatest team in the NFL. Right. I thought they achieved, and I hate the word overachieving, but, man, they took advantage of everything. So Geno's the guy. And no, I would not draft a quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I understand the question. I do, and you know, you so, only get a chance, right? Yeah, you only get a chance to be a top five, you know, pick in the draft every so often to where you can get that quarterback. So I understand it. I do, uh, but I, I'm more along the lines of your thinking as well. That you know, for one, Geno's a young thirty-two. Two, Geno, as you said, and I've told people, you know, always that you know, you kind of said this. I mean. And and we see it. I mean, Gino's skills are top notch. It's Big, it's it's run. Yeah, right. Way better athlete than people ever gave him credit for. Good decision maker and like a really strong arm. I mean, he it's yeah. an elite arm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's Mahomes or Allen or Justin Herbert, but it's the no. next group of guys where you go. Wait, after those guys, who would you want to throw a 50 yard laser up the right sideline and put it on the money? Gina would be in that conversation. The next group of guys you okay. talk about, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think you know they're a team that I think looks at it and d- doesn't make it all about the quarterback. And you know, like you're saying they're in a nice little window. You got some pieces locked up. Thirty million dollars is nothing for a starting quarterback in twenty twenty three. Oh no, they got a bargain. It's nothing, right? Yeah. So you're 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 winning in that department, and you know, as you kind of said, the team's not perfect yet. They could use another offensive lineman for sure. They got some young tackles that are awesome. They could use another interior one. Their D line, they don't got anybody on the D line that's a blue chip player. So, you know, there's a chance where they might be able to get a blue chip D lineman difference maker. Whoa, somebody that could sock, sack Brock Purdy or Kyler Murray in a big moment to get you in the playoffs or win a playoff game. They need that. That's what I look at. You know, there's nobody on the Seahawks D line that you look at and go, well, you need to double team him or you need to watch him. You know, there's really, I, I think, only one real blue chip player in their front seven and in, in uh, Jordan Brooks, and he's towards ACL towards the end of the year. So he's not even going to be ready to go to start the year. So, uh, yeah, I don't see the quarterback thing can happen, happen in either dad. I'm, I'm hey, with you let there. Me, let me just say this yeah. for the, talking about quarterbacks out there is, uh, wait to, if you really want to get somebody, you want to groom him and down the line, kind of like green Bay did do it in the second round. And there are guys out there. When you there. and I talk a little bit about the draft, I'll yeah. give you the name of a few that I am convinced about that if you get them somewhere, you know, in the draft, that it's not a, you know, even second round, you take a quarterback in the second round, people don't pay a lot of attention to that. Right. Uh, much the first round, we got to, whatever, it's a whole different story. But I think this quarterback, the depth of the position is maybe better than yeah. the high quality of the quarterback that's coming into the league. Right, so, right. Yeah, you're right. I I think, you know, and I'm not too far down the line here, but we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. We think there's some guys that are going to be maybe middle round picks that we look at to go, oh, they got, this is not not your middle round pick to where you go, oh, he's a career backup, middle round pick to where you go, he could be a starter one day. Like there's some traits about him, and that's what'll be exciting to see as we uh, continue down this road. And I feel like the Seahawks are more of that type of team anyways. 
then let's go make it all about one guy and try to do it that way. All right, last question. Derek Carr here, okay? At Compass Traveler, why does the Saints system fit Derek Carr better than Josh McDaniel's system? All right, you want me to answer that first? Yeah, go ahead. Um, that's that's interesting. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, one, Derek Carr's got the ability and the skills to make any system work. I mean, any prototypical drop-back pass system work. But where I think he is maybe more suited than what I would say in the Josh McDaniels offense is, well, the first off, the knowledge, he's been in the West Coast offense his whole career except for this one past year. So he's going to be right. more comfortable, understand the rules. As you and I both know, that offense is more rooted into short throws. I think he's better in that department, getting the ball out of his hand, quick release, accurate, not holding the ball long in the pocket. I think McDaniels and company are a little bit more into, and again, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's a little bit more of an aggressive frame of mind when you drop back to pass. They expect you to hang in the pocket a little bit more and go, wait, he's coming open. Yeah, you're going to get your head torn off here, but so fucking what? That's why we're paying you $30 million. Fucking get it torn off and complete that pass. Uh, And that doesn't uh, fit everybody. So that would be more of why I think, you know, Derek Carr – uh, maybe fits that system, listen to your feet, get the ball out, timing, rhythm, not necessarily, wait, Tom Brady, let me see him come out of the break, and then I can throw a laser into a tight window. I, that's not Derek Carr to me as compared to, you know, the New England guys, which would be a, yeah, a it, it would be a, a Tom Brady, a Drew Bledsoe, a Phil Sims type of guy more than maybe the Derek Carr type of guy. Uh, you know, there's not a lot I can add to that. I think you're right. Um, oh, Derek Carr, I see he wrote, uh, Greg Cosell has some interesting thoughts on why he was benched. Well, I think you clarified that many times, and I agree. But, you know, look, uh, Josh McDaniel, you said it right. The offense, it's 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 got a lot to it, whatever. It's aggressive, throw it down the field, and all that. And you 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 explained it perfectly. And let's don't forget Dennis Allen. There's a history with him. He's going to be more comfortable, I think, there exactly. than he was with trying to prove himself to Josh McDaniels. Now he's, you know, he's down there. He's going to be talking to the coach, and they're going to, yeah, you know, it's look at be, him more as an equal, like he's part of the, no yeah, doubt, right, right, yeah. And they're they're excited to have him. They know he's the man. They paid him everything. It makes him feel better. He's got some cachet in the locker room. He can be that guy, which I've always heard. Derek Carr is truly. You know, the first in, last out. He loves his work. I, right. I love his passion. He takes care of his body. He's got a good arm. Uh, I'd like to see him move more. Yeah. You know, he moves the throw. Move the run. You know, every once in a while, you just got to move the run. And we've t- I've talked about this, and you and I are, about draft picks coming out. They move to always throw. And in the NFL now, yeah, you want to do that, but you got to move the run too and pick up those valuable yards every now and then. Yeah, like you talked about with Aaron Rodgers and kind of reviving himself if he goes to the New York Jets. I, I think we're going to see that with Derek Carr too, a little Me bit too. because of what you're explaining. You know, again, yeah, last year was not his best year. You know, and I can sit here and tell you, it ain't easy to go from the system he was into the Josh McDaniel system. It's like you no, you were talking English and no, wait, now I got to talk, you know, Mandarin over here. And I can't even think about what the hell I'm saying, let alone I can't figure out the words I'm saying, let alone picture the play in your brain. But yeah, yeah. he didn't play his best. We know that. 
He wasn't clutch at the end of some football games. He missed some throws that I think you and me, we were like, what? How the hell does Derek Carr miss some of those throws in these moments? Um, But I think this gets him back on edge and gets him back on track in in the right way. And you're right. I think it's going to be a more comfortable environment for him. Um, Let me last thing, Christopher. Sometimes it's not always the same depending on the person. But when you're playing under pressure, and you know what? It's just you, you, every week is prove yourself, and it's it's a different coaching staff, a different environment. You know that can be tough too. And I right. can, you know, it's not. And everybody goes, "Well, you, then you're not the guy." Well, I don't know. Sometimes you got to understand that about the player, right? And apply things differently to him. And maybe that wasn't done for him. I don't know. But I think his play at the end of the year um, really suffered uh, in a few games, and you know. Las Vegas, moving on. Jared Stidham, and we'll see who the next guy is. Yeah, that's right. Jared Stidham's a free agent. He is. I expect that the Raiders sign him back to a really good backup QB type of deal. And then I would think that they're going to be one of these teams in play for a quarterback in the top 10. But we'll see where that all goes. Um, What's their pick? What number they pick? They are number seven, right? I believe they're seven. Atlanta's eight. And the Panthers are nine. So three teams that could possibly be in the quarterback market, and I don't know if there's enough quarterbacks to go around for all the teams that need quarterbacks in the top ten, which could lead to some very interesting things here as we get closer to the draft. Yeah, you know, like you said, I well, the guy, I'm, two guys I've really been thinking about, I'm not going to even mention them here right now. Uh, don't do it yet. Are, don't, don't do no, it not. yet. I'm just going to yeah. say this. Yeah, They're great, great second-round picks. But as time goes on, you know, I'm not the only dummy out there. You think they're going to end up being first-round picks? <laughs> I think late in the first round, there's uh, this is the one year. I get tired of hearing that. Well, move back into the first round. You get the fifth year. Oh, oh my God. I, 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 oh, that's it. Let's just move back in that last pick of the first round because of this. Don't forget about the player. But um, it might be true this year. There are a couple guys that have first-round qualities that nobody talks about, and we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, all right. Well, we're doing our draft quarterback ranking unveilings. That is coming on March 20th for all those out there on Monday oh, really? where I'll be doing that. And then, yeah, I'd love to have you on again the day after, two days after, whatever, and we can pick well, you back off and talk about these conversations. I'll even let Ahmed be here, and you could be part of the crew. I just won't use you. It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to do it because I think I'm going to do my own podcast. You what? Would you say that? Would you say that? I said, I, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to do my own podcast and just spit out there what I want and say, no, I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I have thought about it. Uh, been talking about it. Just to, I'm going to sit down and maybe I'll just go through every quarterback from where I have them below and work my way up and give my pluses and minuses about all of them and all that. And I wasn't going to do that this year. But as I've watched the quarterbacks a little bit, I'm pretty excited about the whole thing about the draft, about where these quarterbacks are going to go. So it's going to be fun talking about. Yeah, no, it is a lot of good stuff to talk about. And, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, I'll have you on my podcast. Well, yeah, so to say, or you do a joint uh, podcast collaboration. We could have fun. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right, uh, but I do have some business to pe- uh, take care of here. All right, BetMGM parlay preview time here, all right? And that NFC South odds before and after Derek Carr getting signed, right? You see – when all the death settles for free agency in the draft, do you still think the Saints will be N- N- uh, NFC South favorites? Well, I, 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 I think so. I do. You know, again, yeah, I'd like to see Carolina as a team that they got a game-changing type quarterback. That might change my thoughts, but 
uh, as I sit here and, and look at it, through the BetMGM odds right now, before the Derek Carr signing, the Saints were plus 200. After, they're plus 130. So their odds obviously went up significantly, and you can see everybody else in the division's odds went down a little bit. Yeah, Tampa's in a total rebuild. Atlanta, I have great respect for what they're doing there right now, but I'm certainly not ready to say they're going to win the NFC South with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. So no way. It is one of the two teams at the top here, the Saints and the Panthers. And, you know, I'm intrigued by the Panthers. But, yeah, I'd give the lean on the Saints right now. You know, I would. Derek Carr, like you said, we, we both got a lot of respect for him. Their O-line still big and good. Man, Chris Olave, a receiver. Rashid Shahid was really awesome the second half of the year for them at receiver. Can they resign Jawan Johnson, a tight end, who's a free agent? I don't know. And then we know the defense was damn good. And I don't think it's going to fall off much. It was a top-five defense in football. So, uh, I don't know, Dad, you think you, you'd, you'd lean Saints here, too, for our BetMGM parlay preview? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to catch it, but they, they're extending everything. Let's just give it one more year. I mean, man, they re, they restructure more damn contracts uh, in, in than anybody. And I don't know one day they're just one year. They're going to say, well, we would not be able to participate in this year's season because we have no money. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it really is. They, as they say, they keep kicking that can down the road and man, oh man, do they, they do. Yeah. So, well, they still, I think but, they still got some work to do as far as getting, uh, getting their, their checkbook and everything in, in, in the right spot. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. And we both agree that the saints are kind of sitting pretty. That was who, that's who I'd put my money on. That's for sure. All right. The action never stops at bed. MGM sign up now using bonus code Sims. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Simply download the bet MGM app today, or go to betmgm.com and enter, enter bonus code Sims to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. We always appreciate MGM support here on the podcast. They're awesome. All right. We got a few more things, Dad. I don't know if you got to go. Uh, I, 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 maybe. Let's see. Go. All right. If you got to go, that's fine. We were going to hit. I'm going to well, hit hold on. on. Hold yeah. on. All right. Hey, a live call I'm, here. I got to do the giant podcast here. Do you still guys got time for me or if I've already eaten the time up? <laughs> we're doing Can a you live. Send me the link for the, the Zoom. Look at. Look at this. He's the guy is doing another pot. Okay. We're getting kicked off of this podcast so he could right do now. the Giants podcast. He's going to do it right now. I just heard him say, well, go ahead. Yes. Do I mean, it. I, I said yes to this yesterday. And of course we yeah. got a little mixed up, you know, you, Mr. Last minute son. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, dad. We've kept you. Didn't long have enough. anybody else. To yeah. So I'm going to go on. And of course, I think we're going to talk about Daniel Jones. Oh, you think so? You're going to, yeah. you're going on the giants podcast. So of course you That's are. it. Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah. It's, you know what, what's different about them. Everybody you talk to that works and does this for them. They know everything. What did you see the third play of the left guard? In the yeah. Sixth they, game? They, yeah. The team. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my God. It's it's torture because they put you on the spot with knowledge and uh, but it's fun and uh, the Giants are excited and of course I'm looking forward to talking to them so thanks for having me on. Oh, uh, you the man, Dad. I love you, man. Have All a right. good day. All right. All right. Sorry, I got to leave, but have a good day. All good. See you guys later. All right. See ya. 
All right, all right. A few more questions here. I think they're worthy. We need to hit on them. I think they're they're good ones by the homies, and uh, we'll get the hell out of here after this. All right, who's going to be the QB for the Las Vegas Raiders, Chris? That's at Glenn Iyer Farm. He'd like to know. All right, I don't know. My money would be on what I kind of you just heard me say here, right? Just a second ago with Dad. I if if I had a bet, Jared Stidham sign him. They got somebody they trust and like. Uh, to kind of a you know a a better backup quarterback type of uh, contract, and then I think in my heart of hearts, I think Josh McDaniels is looking to they're in this for the long play with Dave Ziegler GM and Josh McDaniels, and I would expect them to you know, try to draft a quarterback and develop it and really make something there in Las Vegas that can stand the test of time to where they're set up for the next eight to ten years. All right, here another great question by. Sheil Shah, 93, what do you think will be this year's Christian Kirk? And what he means by that is big money, but also big value add to a football team. It's a great question. It really is. It's not the greatest, right, free agent wide receiver class. I think there's some guys in there that could get more money than we expect, like Paris Campbell on the right at 20 you see here on the right on the right column if you're watching on our YouTube page. He's a guy I expect he can get more money than you expect because there's got some real physical gifts there that are impressive. But here's three names. And I don't know if you know again, I think another part of the Christian Kirk thing that happened last year. He was the first to go, so that was shocking. But I think GMs, Jaguars included, already knew at that point where the wide receiver market was going. So that was the number they knew they had to throw out there to Christian Kirk to solidify getting him. So that was shocking, yes, but I think if we looked at it you know, in reverse order and you look at it now, you'd go, well, that's actually not that shocking of a number compared to what a lot of the other receivers got after him, right? But in that line, here, here's, here's three names that jump out to me. DJ Chark. Detroit Lions, drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's one guy that I could see signing a contract and people are going to go, whoa, they gave that kind of money to G.J. Shark? Yeah. He's 26 years old, I believe. He's 6'4", and he has three rockets up his ass. He can run by just about anybody in football. So there's great value in that, as we know. I could see him getting more money than the public realizes. Another guy I'm going to throw out there into that conversation, Darius Slayton. I don't know if it's going to be quite that same number I would expect with DJ Chark, but I think when people evaluate Darius Slayton, again, there's speed. Speed is a valuable commodity in the NFL, and he can, like a DJ Chark, almost run by just about anybody, let alone, you know, is pretty good in all other areas as well. Been stuck in a weird spot with the Giants who couldn't protect the quarterback and throw the ball down the field. You know, we, but we got to see a little bit of what he can offer last year. My last one is Jacoby Myers. I know he's one of those guys that's up there towards the top of the list, but Jacoby Myers I think is going to get, you know, great interest and value on the free agent market, not necessarily because he's a superstar talent, but because he can do everything. I think that's the value in Jacoby Myers. If you wanted to line him up in the slot for 50 plays in the game, he could do it, no problem. If you had to put him outside, tell him to beat one-on-one you know, coverage, run by people, double moves, run good routes all that way, he could do that as well. So those are three names uh, to, my man or, uh, to my man or woman, Shield Shah 93, uh, that certainly jump out to me in a little bit of a lackluster wide receiver class. All right, here we go. 
going down the list here. At not, at not Bucky Cox, the Bills' front seven was exposed by the Bengals. What players can they pick up that fit their limited cap situation? The four D- Philly D linemen look like decent options along with Yannick and Gakwe. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think there, there, there needs to be something there as far as the defensive line and adding to that group, right? Javon Hargrave certainly is going to be one of the big names that gets thrown out there, right? Draymond Jones is another guy that I could see fitting the scheme of what the Buffalo Bills want to do. Uh, defensive tackle from from the uh, Denver Broncos who, yeah, defensive tackle. If you wanted to play a team that ran the ball and had a big offensive line, he could play defensive end. He's got some great versatility along the line there. You know, and then yeah, there's other guys that you know, value type signings. Is a Dalvin Tomlinson just a pure run stopper in the middle of the defense? Is he part of the conversation? You know, so that'd be interesting. There's some options there, but I think you know when all said and done, I think we're on the. Uh, there needs to be something else there on that defensive line in Buffalo. There's no doubt about that. Sean Robinson available. He's had some good years with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he's in that David Onyemata from the New Orleans Saints, right? So there's a little bit of everything when you talk about D tackle. Uh, you got some guys that there's some high-end guys, but I think there's some value signings there too to be had that can improve their football team. All right, next question. Um, at Matt Pizarki, what are the Rams going to do at quarterback? Keep up the good work, brother. Thanks, homie. I appreciate that, Matt. Um, they're going to go Matt Stafford here. Uh, I, 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 I feel like they're going to go Matt Stafford. It's an interesting one, and it's one that I'm going to say I haven't put my brain around a whole lot here, and as much as uh, you know, maybe I should have in this conversation because I kind of expecting them to go that that way. You know, I think the one thing to maybe keep an eye on is is the Baker Mayfield conversation. There's obviously some love there for him, right? And I think if Baker Mayfield can't find the opportunity that makes sense for him, that just jumps out to him, and if they could offer him a respectable contract, that would be one place where I'd raise my hand and go, I'll be a backup there. Right, I know if I get in, it's going to be quarterback friendly. I know McVeigh is an offensive guy. He's going to look to improve this offense and make it better as far as the talent that they got there. So that's one of the things to watch out for. But as it stands right now, Matt, I think they're they're staying pat with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford still got some really special qualities about him, and yeah, he's making a lot of money. But as we're seeing right now, not a lot of money to where you go, oh man, that's affecting the team. All right, all right, last one here. All right, last one for the day. We got some one that we'll put in the bank for, for future days. A little Chiefs related. At DreamWeave55, if you were KC, would you lock up, uh, lock in Juju or roll the dice on another free agent? I would not lock in to Juju Smith-Schuster. I like him. It depends on what he's asking for. Like what kind of money, what kind of guaranteed money you're looking for up front? Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster is a good football player, but I think when we're going to be real about this subject, He's really a good number two, you know, maybe on some teams are really more looked at maybe a really good number three. I don't want to say a good number two. I would say a middle of the road number two, but he does have size. He's a good route runner. He's tough. 
explosive plays, running by people, slants, break tackle, run for 50 yards, not going to happen. All right, so the, that that's that's kind of the, the big one I would look at there. I would think they continue to, hey, maybe draft a receiver at the end of the first round, right? Or I think they have great confidence that they have an eye for the position and they'll be able to add through maybe a value signing and free agency. All right, everybody, that's it. I can't ask or answer any damn questions. All right, that's it. I can't talk anymore. I want to thank my dad. Thanks a lot for coming on. Ahmed will be back in the fold on Monday. We'll be on our normal schedule from here on out. Monday, Thursday podcast, and we'll continue to dive in on free agency. And then, like I said earlier, when dad was on, March 20th will be the unveiling of my draft quarterback rankings. I'm knee-deep into all that stuff right now. In fact, it was hard on me to not give my thoughts on some of these things with some of these questions today, but I didn't want to go down that road quite yet. Subscribe, rate, review. You know where to find me and hope everybody enjoys the weekend. I'm actually going to Miami this weekend to meet up with friends. Don't be jealous. A little time off, long weekend, but everybody out there, be good, be safe. Talk to you Monday, and we're not on Monday. It's Tuesday next week. I was wrong. Tuesday, Thursday, pod instead of Monday, Wednesday. Now I got it right. It's only my podcast. Why should I know? Okay, peace out, homies. Clap it up. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.